Simon's errand of mercy. I'm Geraint Thomas. I'm Simon Payne. This is uh, this is a, a funky show. Funky show tonight. Yeah, I, I I believe this is what they call a podcast. So one of those one of those podcasts. Yeah, I, I've heard that what this is what we're doing here is 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 a podcast. A pod. 
cast. It's what all the all the kids are into these yeah. things I've heard. All the kids with their Twitters and their podcasts. It's the uh the twenty third of May. It's May, is it May? Yeah, twenty third of May two thousand and twelve. It is twenty to nine in the evening and it's still a beautiful day outside. It's still a beautiful, hot, sunny day. I'm recording from um my small room. Uh, in the top floor of a semi-detached house in a industrial suburb of Nottingham, um, I am currently topless. I am recording um, from the the small room of a ground floor flat I live in in a student suburb of Manchester. I am also topless. Are you actually topless? <laughs> well, I'm kind of wearing a dressing gown, but in a really hot, like uncommitted way so yeah mostly topless there is think an about image that. yeah think about that listeners Two yeah enjoy fans. enjoy that image if any anybody out there knows what we look like um you can enjoy that image Two this topless is... men speaking to each other over the internet <laughs> what going on there it's getting a bit weird i'm gonna have to have a drink this is the sound of a sam miguel can opening sexy sound i'm Quite not drinking alcohol sound. I'm just drinking water, which is unusual for me, but, you know, whatever. Oh, it's so good. Refreshing water. You see, what you need on it, what you need in the daylight, like, day like today, Simon, when it's hot, is just a lot of liquids, you know? A lot of liquids. And I've chosen to go with a liquid that actually dehydrates you more than it hydrates you. Nice. Um, it's a, a classic choice of idiots everywhere. <laughs> good move. God, it's really hot. I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to have maybe two or three beers. Because that's oh, make I feel everything more better. thirsty. What's wow, like that? it's a really hot day. I haven't eaten much, and now I'm going to dehydrate myself. It's a a good move. It's a good look. It's a good look. It's a big look. So wonderful day here in Britain. I've spent pretty much the uh, the entire day in a climate controlled uh, microbiology lab. Uh, I've been on late shift, so I've been in the lab till 7 o'clock and everybody else um, had left by the time it got to the last two hours of my shift. So I sneakily put on a a bit of music, Yeah, as you do. I mean, we're not technically allowed to listen to music in the lab because... I yeah, guess, I was going to say, does that affect science in some I guess way? It affects the sombre and serious scientific mood that they expect us to do our work in. Yeah. Although... The boss doesn't. The big boss doesn't really mind that much, and but, there's a big window that I do my testing next to with a corridor in it that she tends to work, walk up and down. Now I was listening to the song that we opened the podcast with, that Earth, Wind, and Fires got to get you into my life. Kind of difficult one to say after you've just yeah, taken a swig of beer and you're a small like, little lightweight. It's, it's it's the theme tune of your day, would you say? It, yeah, that's what I'd say. And unbeknownst to me, I was actually funking along uh, quite viciously while I was um, doing some testing. And um, she actually came in to see what was going on. I realized that (laughs) I was listening to one of the largest and funkiest bands in the world. And she said that although she doesn't necessarily have a problem with listening to um, music in the lab after hours, she felt that my agitated state may cause some false positives on some of our microbiological testing. So basically she was saying that you're letting your microbes get too funky. I was too funky for MHRA guidelines. 
<laughs> but there's a level it's kind of like on a level of zero to one you can reach 0.4 punks uh, funks i mean you reach 0.4 punks or 0.5 funks yeah because anything because above that punks level. are a order of magnitude higher in energy yeah than um, funk. than funks funks are a bit more smooth it's averaging about 0.72 funks Oh geez, yeah, that's that's a high level of funkitude right too there. Too much, too much funkitude. Um, and she came in and told me off for being too funky. So there you go, errand of mercy. Too funky for MHRA guidelines. Oh, I like that. Do you know how I dealt with the hot day, Simon? What did you do? Well, uh, as you, you know, go and get another iced mochaccino. Well, I, I, yeah, as you know, when it's a hot day and I've been at work, I finished work at four o'clock today. Um, I like to go out and get myself a an iced mocha drink. Yes, uh, as we established last week, that's a gay drink, G. It's, um, it's entirely straight drink. You Previously, I've been getting my mocha drinks from Starbucks. Um, and as we discussed on episode one, the last time I went to the Starbucks, I was um, unfortunately molested, slightly molested, not seriously. Slightly. In a kind of jaunty, acceptable way. Not acceptable, but yeah, jaunty. And Simon pressured me to go back to Starbucks. I did. Not today. This is a separate. I've got two separate mocha-related stories today. I am glad I made that suggestion. So I went back to Starbucks. Unfortunately, um, the guy who molested me wasn't there this week. Um, Another gentleman was behind the counter. Once again, I asked for, I asked him, could I have a mocha frappuccino? And he asked me again, kind of, what's your name? And I was like, oh, I, could we not do this? And he goes, no, please give me your name. And I was like, that's a bit more forceful than you two. I was like, okay, my name's Geraint. Can you spell that? And I was like, well, this is why I didn't want to give you my name. Can we just not? He goes, no, spell it. So I went, you know, okay, my name's spelled G-E-R-A-I. NT and the guy I'm not kidding said to me oh come on what's your name actually wow (laughs) so not only are they aggressively sexual they're also racist they're also racist against Welsh people at which point I told him to fuck off and walked out of the Starbucks wow you actually told him to fuck off yeah Essentially, like, I was still going to Starbucks despite the name thing because I enjoy their their frappinated beverages so much. Um, I am now announcing an embargo on Starbucks until they stop their ridiculous policy of forcing me to give my name to people when I want to take out coffee. Wow. So, so you've... Like, you've... I he actually said, kind of like, no, what is it really? That's my fucking name, douchebag. That's not cool. You've announced a complete embargo on all Starbucks coffees. Is that what you're saying? No, no more Starbucks until they end the uh, the name policy. Of course, this means I now have to go elsewhere for my frappinated beverage. Um, So this afternoon, um, I came out from work. It was hot. I, you know, been at work, needed some caffeine. So I decided to try out a Cafe Nero. Slightly different from the Starbucks experience. They don't ask your name, which is a big positive. Um, it's Usually I go for a mocha frappuccino um, in a Cafe Nero. It turns out that's called a mocha frap. A um, mocha frap? Not pronounced as the person who, who in front of me stated frape, 
which is a different thing entirely. A frappuccino. It's a frap, is what you have. But yeah, it's it did kind of throw me. You go to a Starbucks and they just say, you know, you order it there and they make it. In a cafe near you, you have to go to a fridge. You take the mix yourself out of the fridge and hand it to the person. And they then blend it for you and give it back to you. So you're basically a pseudo barista. That's what you're saying. Yeah, they kind of get you involved in the barista process, and I'm not entirely sure I'm cool with it. No, I, I don't think I'm down with that either. If I'm paying the amount that they ask for a, a gay chocolatey iced coffee drink, I yeah. expect that they will be making it for me. Cafe Nero, potentially I'm thinking of moving to um, Costa Coffee next okay. to see what their, caffeinate, their, their frappinated beverage So rate. you're a wandering beverage nomad at the moment. Yeah, right? it's... It's a difficult time for me, Simon, I'll be honest. I, um, I can imagine. So so no more gay barista times? Yeah, I'm, I'm over him. You're over He's, him. Until they remove the policy of asking for your name when you get out coffee, that relationship's dead in the water. I, would, so, I was going to suggest that what you should do is maybe just give them a name like Steve... No, but that's a but that's a whole kind of don't tread on me. I'm Welsh kind of thing. Yeah, so could get onto there. I'm not changing my name for you, you fascist. There must be people with more complicated names who are going to Starbucks. It's yeah, surely because if your name was complicated and Middle Eastern, they would not take the piss. Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't because well, we we both know why. Yeah, exactly. Well, because For a reason that would that, be racist. To be honest, I'm, I'm scared to talk about that kind of thing, and people can't find out where I live. Yeah. Whereas they, they have a fixed address business. Basically, That's... I'm asking our listeners to write in to Starbucks, force them to stop the policy of asking for people's names, yeah. so I can stop having to experiment with lesser coffee houses. Yes, indeed. That's a that's a good point. So yes, yeah, so I Starbucks, you're on watch. Yeah, you're on watch. You you and Jesse J, you're on watch. We've got our eyes on you. We yeah. like your coffee. We hate your fascism. Right on. Do you know who David Hater is? I think I do. He is. I feel like I probably should know this name off the top of my head. He is the voice of Snake from the Metal Gear Solid series of games. Okay, I didn't actually know. <laughs> he's he's Metal Gear. That guy. I've never played Metal Gear Solid. Okay, so he's <laughs> the voice of um, Solid Snake from the famous game franchise Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, all those games. Which uh, I've never played, yeah. Yeah, which you've never played. But he's also the writer of Watchmen, X-Men and X-Men 2. He wrote the screenplay for those films. That's actually crazy. I think him and Ian McKellen are probably the only two guys who have that amount of nerd cred. Voicing Solid Snake, arguably one of the most famous video game characters of recent history, and writing screenplays for comic book movies. The alpha nerd. He is, yeah. He's also friends with Joss Whedon and regularly goes over to his house uh, to play Guitar Hero with him. Cool. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. How do you know all this? Are you stalking this guy? No, no, it's just I've I've learned a lot about David Hater recently. I did a bit of research. 
that's crazy things I learned about David Hayter. It was like this insane kind of rabbit hole of information. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's what Wikipedia does to you. It does, just following I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming that's exactly what you did. you just like, oh, I wonder who did the voice of that guy. Oh, that's, oh, wow, that's weird. Because that's basically all I do all day. It's yeah, like, that, I yeah. look up a thing on Wikipedia. It's like, it's like seven hours later, I wake up. And it's like, what, what the fuck's happened to my life? I read recently about a, uh, a couple who play a game in which they... A sexy game? It's kind of a sexy game. Nice, sorry, and carry on. Listeners out there, I would suggest you give this a go because it's a really good laugh. You both pick a random page... Or one mm. of your choice. Oh, yeah. it's so gassy. Beer was a bad choice. You pick a um, either pick a Wikipedia one, or if you want this, want to do this hard mode, get a random Wikipedia page, and then try and get to sexual intercourse in the least amount of clicks. All right, okay, I'm actually going to do this right now. Okay, Stafford, Ohio is my starting page. Okay. All right, I'm going to go for population density because, like, population involves breeding. Okay, okay. population humans yeah. oh yeah I'm, I'm getting here this you, is a, this, you can do it I'm, I'm, I'm right okay this is like I've, I've gone through two pages so far yeah uh I'm, I'm i'm trying i'm like i'm like looking through like there's got to be something on the page about human ejaculates yes really yes oh i did that in three pages i went from three Stafford pages sexual intercourse that's awesome how cool is that so there's a game you can play when you're bored at work or um you know with your partner if you're on lunch and your partner or a friend are also on lunch and you've both I, got access to a computer it's i it's just realized i ended time. i just realized i ended that game going ejaculate yes yeah <laughs> that's going in i have a massive file of um sounds you make that entertain me that's going in there for when i make my g sex robot Awesome. <laughs> That's I'm gonna. Way. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start a different, entirely more sexy podcast called Doctor <laughs> Wank and the Sex Robot. But it's just gonna be you and just clips of me making sexy noises. Yeah, that's what it's gonna be. Right. This, that, you say basically the only reason for this podcast is so you can make that podcast. So I can collect noises you make for my sex robot. Yep, that's what. That's why it's an errand of mercy in a way. It's kind of. An errand of mercy for robot kind so that kind I don't of. actually have to find a, a currently existing robot. <sighs> this is taking a dark turn. Yeah. Can I move on? To Please move on. Yeah. All right. Um, like... Obviously, we put out our first episode when we put out our pilot episode, so hopefully everyone's listened to that. Um, in our pilot episode, we started off by talking about a lame, um, a lame world record. World's um, Monster Dog, which is also Tiny Puppy. We've got a new terrible world record. Like, you know, The Guardian has this thing um, where it's sort of like pictures of the day, pull photos from around the world on this day. Obviously, I can't show you the picture because it's a podcast, but um, here's the caption. Clan Williams, South Africa. Workers prepare sheep heads for the annual sheep head eating contest at Bushman's Cave. The event is a world record attempt at consuming the largest number of sheep heads on one property at one time. Wow. 
not a record. That's that's not something you re- you wouldn't put it on your CV, would you? <laughs> no. So um, we've we've been through your CV. We've uh, contacted all of your references. It looks like everything's checked out really well. Uh, you've got really good interpersonal skills. Uh, I see here you ran a a small society at university, which obviously just you're good at um, organising things. There's one thing near the bottom here. Um, it says here that you're the world sheephead eating champion. Uh, would you like to elaborate on that at all? Yeah, one day I ate 200 sheep heads on one property at one time. Get out of my office <laughs> and stay away from my children. I just guessed it too, because essentially, like, I've tried, I've looked into this and weirdly, the, kind of, the exact statistics on it are surprisingly lax. Well, that's strange. Yeah. It's um, almost as if a professional statistician wasn't present when people were eating all those sheep heads. Yeah, because reading into it, it is an unofficial world record. Oh, I see. Yeah, because I think even the Guinness Book of World Records, who will make anything a world record, has said, look, no... That's not a thing. That's sorry, sorry. It's like I still think most pegs on face shouldn't be a world record. Yeah, I mean, essentially, like loads of stuff is just guy does gross thing the most times. But like, even the Guinness World Records is like just eating a bunch of sheep heads was too gross. I like I was gonna say, oh, I'll post the link to this on our Facebook page so like the listeners can look at it, but I'm not going to because it's actually made me physically ill to look. <laughs> that's i kind of, i'm kind of curious as to how you'd eat a sheep head well apparently by looks of it you get a sheep head you shave it you then boil the sheep head roast the sheep head and just eat everything apart from the bones but a sheep's head is mainly bones is it not yeah <laughs> yes yes so it that's is. That's a pretty shit. That's like even even by general standards, that's a pretty shit world record because I don't know most cars built in a factory in a year, but all they've done is put the doors on. <laughs> it's not you've not done right. it all. It's not like you've eaten the skull because right. then then I'd be I'd kind of be on board. Yeah, that would because... be that would be like the guy like guy who ate the bike for fast. Yeah, eating an entire sheep including the bones that would be that would be pretty hardcore yeah but just eating the skin off a bunch of sheep heads that's Uh, that's i guess brain as well well i was thinking like i mean you're the scientist here but isn't eating hundreds of sheep brains probably gonna give you something a bit like bse probably i mean there's all kinds of things that like to live in brains uh, especially well we don't know how long those sheep have been kicking about after they yeah. died. There's a lot going on there. I'm not sure but, if But I'm... what's not going on there is a good world record. No, attempt. definitely not. To be honest, I prefer world's smallest dog because that was just kind of stupid, whereas this one rocks me to my core. Um, I've got another thing I want to talk about. Okay. Um, I think we... I mean, there's a possibility we're going to get sued by it and they're going to take our show off the air, but, you know, I'm going to talk about it anyway. No, we're not big enough for that. That We're like, at yeah. the moment, we've only we've not had enough downloads for that. All right. Um, we're, we've got the luxury of anonymity at the moment. I was in Manchester the other day and I got accosted by an actual Scientologist. Oh, 
okay, yeah, we're, we're going yeah. down a dangerous route <laughs> yeah, here. I, know. I don't want to get allegedly boiled in a bath. That's not something I want to do. But continue, because, yeah, no, like, because the, fuck Scientology. Well, no, I mean, it's, I, it's not even that. It's just an actual Scientologist. Like, if like I you was thought in, they were all made up. Well, no, I mean, it's if I was in, like, Los Angeles or something, and, like, a Scientologist came up to me, I wouldn't be surprised. But I was in Manchester. Isn't there, like, a, a new Church of Scientology building there, though? There, there is recently. a building. There is a building on Deansgate where they have, like, which is a Scientology building. But I just figured there was one American guy in there, like, lonely, trying to sell books to British people. who would, And we're too cynical to fall into ridiculous cults like that. But I yeah, have always hoped. I was just, I've got the flyer in front of me. I was just walking through town and was sort of handed a flyer, as happens. And in big letters, it says, we only use 10% of our mental potential. That's kind of been an urban legend for a long time. That's not new information. The reason we I've never asked why is because that's not true, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, but l- yeah. let me guess. Are they suggesting the reason why is yeah, like, space yeah. ghosts? We tell ourselves it is lack of self-respect or self-confidence. What destroys that? And then on the back, it says, like, we're all born with a state-of-the-art mental computer. That's our brain, Simon. Yeah, I know that, but none of this is new information. But the the issue is, Simon, there's no operator's manual to tell us how to unlock its full capacity. You see, that's always been the problem. Do you know what the operator's manual is? Is it the Church of Scientology or the many books you can buy from it, them? It's, it's Dianetics by oh, L. Ron Hubbard. Of course. The best thing is, though, like it doesn't mention, obviously, it doesn't mention Scientology like anywhere on it. In tiny, small print, it says it's the copyright of the Church of Scientology. Like right at the bottom. But... So they, they're, they're taking this one, they're going for the idiot angle. Yeah, and they're going like, for they're going for cloaked out kind of it's not Scientology, but but so touch this like, machine and we'll tell you how many ghosts you've got inside you. I mean, it's so cloaked. That's the thing. Like, essentially, I only realised because I saw that and I was like, "That's the cover to Dianetics." Like, I recognise this from like the fact that Scientologists are crazy, and yeah. I've seen it about from them. from the internet. Yeah, I've seen that guy like do his like horizon or whatever it was on Scientology. Yeah, where they're like where they're in a car park and there are people just coming up to them telling them that this guy's a liar and they haven't even started talking to him yet. I'm really freaked out though now because like because I've touched this flyer, they've got me now, don't they? they yeah. You they've belong got... to them. Either yeah, so... you either have to like, praise Zenu or they're gonna brand you as a screamer and then bore you in a bathtub, allegedly. Fuck. Yeah. Make sure this show goes out, Simon. I want the world to know. It's going to be like the the end of Watchmen. Yeah, but when they find me in a bath, yeah, trapped inside a bag. Exploded by Dr. Manhattan. Let them know that it was Scientologists, I guess. Or either Sign- or, or Starbucks. Either, either It was either Scientologists, <laughs> Starbucks, or the fictional character Dr. Manhattan. What done it, governor? Do you think Starbucks and do you think that's why Starbucks hates me? Because because, because they're Scientologists. Because science Starbucks equals Scientology. Holy Forget- shit! They both begin with the same. It's so obvious. S and S. Yep. 
It's the uh, the SNS octopus. Um, its tendrils are everywhere, all around us. You don't see them, but they're everywhere right now. Holy shit! Yeah, forget no. whatever conspiracy theory of the week was going to be this week. That's what it is. That, that's it. That's the it. Scientologists are after you. So now, any bad things that happen to you for the rest of your life are a direct that's result. Why they, that's why they want my name, Simon. Yeah, that's why they want my name. So that you they're... can, so that you can go on the database, and they can they can boil me in a bath. Yeah, allegedly. That's it. Yeah, allegedly. So, so yeah. Next time you go to, if you ever go back to Starbucks, I'll be like, uh, "What's your uh, What's your name? Uh, my name's Geraint. Uh, your full name." And uh, if you could just give us uh, the, uh, the the first two lines of your address, please. Yeah, and, pl- and, and please, your postcode. And please take this copy of Dianetics with and your pocket Rappuccino. This, this complimentary copy of Dianetics that we well, it's it's printed onto the outside of your coffee cup. Yeah, uh, just just coffee, read your coffee cup and enjoy the sweet sweet coffee, which is in no way loaded with serum that makes you more susceptible to our bullshit. You're through the looking glass. Here. I really am, yeah. We've so, we... This isn't there in the right here. Yeah. It is. Everybody, listen up. We're uh, we're putting the word out. The Scientologists are here and they're out to get you. They're trying to get you through your coffee. Through your coffee. They're going to try and boil you in a bathtub of coffee, allegedly. That's weird, man. I didn't realise that that they were handing pamphlets out in England. Yeah, I mean that's it. I mean that's what really got me. It was just like, oh my god, this has never happened before. Like I thought this happens to other people. This yeah, doesn't happen to me. Have I told you about um, my crazy Scientologist experience? No, please go ahead. I um I went to the Church of Scientology. Well, the Scientology Celebrity Center in Los Angeles. Seriously? Yeah, I've been there. Um, Why have you never told me this before? Because I was worried that just by voicing it, it would summon a mild-mannered but definitely lawful evil white man who would take me away forever. And allegedly boil you in a bath. Allegedly. Um, Kind of like alleged Voldemort. That's kind of what I was worried about. Uh, I went there. uh, I was on a uh, media trip. Basically, yeah. the only reason that me and a bunch of my mates did media is because we heard there'd be a trip to LA in it. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, we actually turned up to a couple of our classes drunk and still managed oh, to get an A. Oh, get you, you rebel. Yeah, rebel, rebel. Uh, we used to go to my mate's house, eat pizza, drink beers, and then go back for uh, media, and we aced it. Anyway, um, I was in LA, and we had a couple of hours of free time, and the place where we were being dropped off by the bus was just down the road from the Scientology Celebrity Centre. So um, I decided I was going to go check it out because, you know, yeah, I, I I knew a bit about what was going on, and I thought, this is probably going to be pretty crazy, and I'm probably never going to be in LA again, so I'm going to go give it a go. I went inside, and they... They were very affable. Yeah. But there's this, there's definitely this kind of vaguely Lovecraftian sense of malice that hangs over the entire place. I mean, wolves in sheep's clothing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I went inside and there was like a guy at a desk and he was, he was like, hello, how are you? And uh, in an American accent, yeah. I'm not going to try and do it. I was like, I'm, I'm good. I'm uh, here with a uh, school trip. 
and he's like, "Oh, your accent? Are you um, are you British?" And I was like, "Yes." Um, and I've I've heard a bit about Scientology. Uh, obviously, we don't at that point there was not really any Scientology present in England presence in England. So mm. I've come to have a look at your your place. It's like, well, what we'll do is there's a there's an area that we we do kind of free walk arounds about L. Ron Hubbard and why he was a special man. And it it kind of talks about um, how Scientology works and how it might work for you, and then we we can do a, a free um, reading for you. Oh. I can't remember what these readings are called. Is it's it an EMI reading? It's E something. I something. Think. Yeah. And we went through this area, which was kind of like it's essentially like an L. Ron Hubbard museum that tells you loads of stuff about him. Um, and it doesn't mention anything about the fact that he was a failed science fiction writer yeah. uh, or the fact that their entire religious mythos sounds like the plot of a terrible science fiction book. Yeah. Um, but by this point, I was terrified. I didn't really want to put that across because I think I was about, it was in sixth form, so I was about 17 or 18 at the time. And the other thing that freaked me out about this L. Ron Hubbard exhibit is it was really disorientating. Like, not a huge amount of light. The the cor- It was like big, expensive spaces, but they were all artificially lit. Really dark, kind of, yeah. Yeah, it was just weird. And then... Were, you, were there other people in there, or was it, like, just you? Uh, there was, like, other groups, but they were being led around by... It's like everybody had their own separate guy who led, like, groups of, of yeah. no more than five or ten, and they, they'd take you to different kind of exhibits that showed you different stuff about L. Ron Hubbard. I don't really remember a huge amount of the stuff that they told us. Also, uh, they offered me a... Um, a drink of coffee, which I declined. Um, was it Starbucks? It wasn't Starbucks. Yeah, it had like it had Dianetics printed on the outside of it, and they asked <laughs> me for my name and post postcode. No, they just offered me a drink. I declined it because I was scared it would have mind control juice in it. Probably, probably unnecessarily paranoid on my part. So, so afterwards, you go to this area and you sit down. It's like a waiting room. Um, and then you can go to these like into kind of smaller rooms where they do a reading with you. Uh, I decided I didn't want a reading because I was shitting myself at this point because <laughs> it yeah. felt like, like genuinely, it felt like I was try- being inducted into a cult. Like, like well, because it, that was actually what was happening. Yeah, but 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 like not even like there was a veneer of kind of polish over it. You've got to the end of the tour, so you must be into this. So we're just like here's. Here's the waiting room where you get your robe. That's basically how it felt. <laughs> so I'm in this waiting room and I decided I don't want to be there anymore. So I yeah. get up um, to leave to try and trace the way back. And uh, there's a guy. Yeah, yeah. What do you think is going to happen? So there's, a guy, there's a guy stood next to kind of there's a big, a big entrance that we've come through into this waiting room area. He's like, where are you going? And I was like, I, I just want to um, leave and um, get back to my group. It's a long way back. Are you sure you want to do that? It's like because the readings are free. Usually cost quite a bit of money. I was like, I don't, I don't want a reading. I just need to, uh, I need to get out. Um, because so I made yeah. I made something up like the bus is leaving and I need to get out 
and the guy's like, oh, well, look, okay, I'll, I'll walk you back out. So he walks me back out through this. So exhibit. you're alone with this Scientologist walking with, you through that yeah. massive, darkly lit museum. Yeah, yeah. Which didn't film scary because I wasn't in the cult waiting room anymore. <laughs> um, so we get back to the waiting room and um, the guy at the desk, so there's this guy at the desk who I'd met on the way through. He's like, yeah. oh, are you leaving? And I, it must have been a piss take because I'm like, yeah, I'm going. He's like, oh, usually nobody comes back. <laughs> so... I ran away. <laughs> I straight up just ran away. Ran. I ran away. Ran out of the door, and uh, yeah. That's so that was my Scientology. Story. They must have been taking the piss with the, with the, the like the last line. You've got to be or taking the piss. No one ever leaves. No one. You're <laughs> the checked. only person who's ever got out. I don't think I. I think. I think what he was trying to do was like a peer pressure. Most people go from the museum, they stick around for the reading. But the way he said it and my previous knowledge of the Church of Scientology kind of added a whole extra level of like... Yeah, meaning of, to it. Yeah. Deep That's Ones awesome. style, day, we worship Dagon here kind of feel. It was terrifying. That's I a think, story. Yeah. I think, to be honest, my fear of the Church of Scientology as an alleged cult was what coloured that situation for me. But it was pretty scary. Like, I'm, I would recommend that nobody ever <laughs> accept a, a free reading from the Church of Scientology. Yeah, I'd also recommend that no one just like wandered off on their own in LA and went into the headquarters of the Church of Scientology just to look around on their own. Yeah. It's probably a bad idea. Also, don't drink the coffee. <laughs> I mean, geez, what would have happened if you drank that coffee? I don't know. I probably wouldn't be here. I'd probably be, I don't know. You almost certainly wouldn't be here. Chilling with Will Smith and uh, Tom Cruise, probably. That so, sounds yeah, kind of awesome. You that does hanging. sound kind You could have been awesome. hanging out with Beck. Is Beck a Scientologist? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, there you go. I'm surprised how many people don't know about. Yeah, Beck's Beck's a Scientologist. Wasn't he actually? Come to think of it, isn't Beck like a Scientologist to the point where he was brought up a Scientologist? Yeah, Beck Beck's a second generation Scientologist. Holy He's probably shit. like the only second generation Scientologist. But yeah, that's crazy. Apart from Tom Cruise's kids. So yeah, yeah but Church of Scientology, pretty sinister. Um, from my point of view totally so that's a that's a memory from my teenage years that i've never really lived before do you want to know what else is kind of sinister simon what the olympics you think the olympics are sinister yeah okay i'm gonna give you the reason that the olympics is kind of sinister all right there's a there's a woman called joy tompkins she's yes. an 81 year old grandmother of six from king's okay. lynn so already, basically, you know, she's in Kings Lynn. This is already the most innocuous place in Britain. Kings Lynn is, is voted number one most innocuous place. And um, she she's uh, she knitted something for her church fate. She's getting this gradually getting... more innocuous. Yeah. 
so she she knitted a one pound item to raise some money at, at a church fake for charity um it was a it was a tiny little jumper for a doll yes which which has in really terrible knitted handwriting gb 2012 and then the five olympic rings knitted into it um so it's like a, it's kind of like a, a little woolen olympic sweatshirt for children's dolls so they yeah. can get the spirit of the olympics yes yeah. um and apparently she received a letter from Trading Standards warning her that she would breach copyright and the law if she sold it because she was selling counterfeit Olympic goods. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a thing that straight up actually happened. That's See, like, forget the Church of Scientology. <laughs> That's something our government has done. Yeah. Because... Wow, uh, that. I, <laughs> what do you say to that? What do you say to that? Apart, I, from... apart from maybe set fire to a Debenhams, they seem to like. That's like the trend in Manchester, isn't it? If you don't like the way things are going, set fire to a Debenhams, or was it a Miss Selfridges? I mean, they remember. set fire to Miss Selfridges. That's don't it. set fire to Debenhams because that's where I buy my work slacks. Oh, sorry. Yeah, don't do that. Set fire to <laughs> Miss Selfridges if you dislike this. This flagrant misuse of the law against eighty-one-year-olds set fire to set just set fire to a shop. Can, can we please say that that is meant in jest, and we're not actually asking our listeners to commit arson? No, don't commit arson. I was, of course, joking. But, <laughs> but you know, tis the season. If winter is the the season of of Christmas, then summer is the or season. Or weather is the season of riots. It's yeah. true. I'm really not look, not looking forward to the riots this year. I missed last year's riots, but like you know, they're going to happen again. You and think like, they're going to happen again. And I'm not. I'm, I'm like last year, I was out of town, but I'm almost certain that this year I'm going to be in town for the riots. <laughs> That's going to suck. I love the way that we've already accepted this as a foregone conclusion. <laughs> oh, this really. Oh, I'm going to be in Manchester for the riots this year. Uh, really you know, well. yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I always try and get out of town for like when they have the Great Manchester run because it's a bit crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I always, you know, it's the same thing. I always try and like head back, back down to Wales for the riots. But, you know, this year, I know because of work, I'm not going to be able to get out of it. And, uh, so you're going to be stuck uh, for the riots. You're going to have to carry an extra knife. <laughs> Maybe a bigger one than the usual one that you usually Jeez. carry. Yeah, I might have to buy a firearm. Buy a, an actual firearm. I've heard that Glock 9s are quite popular. That's a thing. The rappers talk about them. In their rap songs. You know the rappers. You see them. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not ripping off Stuart Lee knowingly. That will make me sad. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty lame. That would be pretty lame. And also, he's pretty hot on that kind of thing. So we'd yeah. have Stuart Lee, Starbucks and the Scientologists. After yeah, this. I mean, we've already got quite a few people after us at this point, I think. We don't need Stuart Lee to add to that crazy. Stuart Lee working with the Scientologists, though, would be pretty galling for him. I'm not we'll sure. we begin if... with S. What's that? Begin with S. Oh, yeah. Stuart Lee, the Scientologists. Simon, your name begins with S. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to kill you. That's why you're a Scientologist now. I'm not. That's why... I'm a scientist. Oh, right. Yeah, always get those confused. Yeah, me too. 
I'm like, oh, you're a, you're a, hey, you're a, so- oh, no, you're a, you're a Scientologist. Okay. Um, I'm going to go stand over here and not drink any of that coffee you were suggesting I have. Now, apart from like the crazy laws about the Olympics, um, I'm also kind of pissed off about the fact that despite the fact that I live in Manchester, the mayor of London is putting up posters in Manchester saying, hey, when the Olympics are on, like, be careful about traffic and make like alternate travel arrangements. I live in fucking Manchester. Fuck off. It says that on the motorways. Like, I've been driving around um, the Midlands recently and on the, you know, those automatic signs that say stuff like, yeah, 67 miles to to Nottingham. If you drive at the speed limit, it will take you 60 minutes to get to or, Nottingham. Or like it's kind of like there's a football match on today for the football match. Please use exit. So yeah, the, those signs just in the Midlands have been saying for Olympic events, plan your journey in advance to avoid delays. Like, but what? Why? <sighs> I'm, well, because I'm... because if you don't plan advance, they're going to shoot a missile at you from the roof of someone's house. And they're they're going to blow you up from the roof of someone's house. Like, but but it's got me to the point where I'm worried that all roads everywhere in England will be deadlocked during the Olympics because I've got to drive to Kiel for a convention during the Olympics, and I'm worried that I won't be able to get there because there'll be some crazy thing happening on the motorway. I literally don't even know when the Olympics are. I think they're at some point during the summer. But... I know when I know when they are vaguely because the convention I'm going to falls around the same time. Okay, so... what 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 date is roughly the Olympics? Um I think April 12th. The weekend of April 12th. It's all happening during the weekend last of April. month. Yeah. It's all happening last month. No, okay. not not no. August twelfth. I get those two <laughs> yeah, things. Okay, cool. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, August twelfth. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's been happening since April twelfth. <laughs> the Olympics is just so lame that Pe- no one's yeah. noticed. People give happening. so little of a shit. It's been happening for a couple of months now. Nobody's noticed. You've probably passed a couple of the athletes when you've been on the way to work. In in our work, there's a break room with big TV, and on the, like whenever I go in into news, it's like now we're going live to the Olympic torch being carried around. What is that happening at the moment? Yeah, apparently, and that's news. That's oh, just... live rolling constant I news. That the Olympic of... torch is in fucking Cornwall. I kind of understand why that's rolling news, but I this is at this point I kind of feel sorry for politicians and uh, the media probably the first time I actually have because they have to pretend to be excited about no, the no, no no I don't think it's that I think they genuinely are I think there are a lot of politicians and there are a lot of media moguls who are like the Olympics are in England this is a big deal the Olympics have finally come to England. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be amazing. I uh, don't the... think so. I think the issue is that everyone thinks everyone else is really into the Olympics. Uh, you see, I think this is the big problem. I think everyone in Britain just needs to stand up. As you know, everyone in the world just needs to stand up and say, actually, no one gives a fuck about the Olympics. Like, sorry, guys. Yeah. Like, we didn't want to say anything because you make such a big deal out of it, and we yeah. know, like it's a big thing for you but like frankly none of us give a fuck because all of these politicians and and the media and stuff are going to be 
raving, like throttling at the mouth come Olympic time and the entire population of England will go, eh, yeah. like, nobody gives a shit. Nobody I'm pretty gives sure shit. I haven't, like, nobody I know really gives a shit, apart from my mum, I think. Um, I know one guy who is going to see an Olympic football match. He is going to see the quarterfinal of the Olympic football, but which will probably be like Belarus versus Egypt. Olympic football's probably shitter than non-Olympic football. I would assume so, yeah. Yeah, so... There are not like, and like, I like, think he's going just because he can. I don't think he actually gives a shit about it. I think it's just like, oh, oh, I guess like I've got a free day and this thing's happening, and it was free. There are people who are going who want to go to this whole um, this. I want to go to the Olympics to experience it. I want to say that I was there. Well, during the Olympics, um, I will be on a vacated university campus dressed as a steampunk sky pirate. You're a cool, cool man, Simon. Which um, I feel is more exciting as a way to spend a Sunday than watching some very far away people from Qatar jumping over hurdles. That is just my Qatar opinion. Qatar is famous for its hurdles. Well, I've been told. <laughs> I've, I've heard that as well. That's why I made that specific reference. The point is, I don't think anybody is that bothered about general athletics anymore. Like, that's the thing. Okay, I I would like to see... Basically, there's two things I want to see at the Olympics. I want to see Usain Bolt run really fast, because he's kind of a fun guy. And I want to watch Jessica Ennis, because she's hot. There you go. That's it. Once okay. those two things have happened, I'm... like. But th- that's the thing is that those two things are happening all the time anyway. Usain Bolt's job is to run, so regardless of whether he's Olympics or not... He is running all the time. Yeah. And Jessica Ennis is being very attractive all the time because she's very attractive. Well, there you go. Here's what I've always thought. I've always been kind of disappointed in this, and I think that they're really missing a trick on this. I think there should be Olympic paintball. What they should do is get, like, all the gold medalists and get them to have, like, at the end, instead of the closing ceremony, just put them all in the stadium with paintball guns, just have like a battle royale. Yeah. Knocking over all the hurdles, hiding behind shot puts, like but, stuff like that. Just like going crazy with paintball guns. The main That the would main, be awesome. That would be, that would be what, a really good use of the Olympic Park. But it's what a would massive be, paintball game. But what would be even more awesome than that, G, would be Olympic paintballing, but Obviously, what would happen was none of the countries would use sportsmen. They'd use ex-special forces members from all of their countries. So you'd have, like, ex-Spetsnaz guys from Russia. None of them would be allowed to be current black ops people because you're not allowed to announce the uh, the identities of those guys. But you just have crazy 60 to 70-year-old men who used to kill people for a living wielding paintball guns and trying to outflank each other. It would be the coolest thing in the world. So, so basically like Liam Neeson out of Taken just fighting a massive paintball battle. Yeah. But Liam Neeson out of Taken and a bunch of other people who are yeah, like no, Liam Neeson yeah. out of Taken. So you'd That's have, awesome. like, ex-SAS guys from England, ex, 
ex um, Marines from uh, from America, ex Spetsnaz guys from from Russia. The Israelis could have those crazy IDF guys, but like the the older guys who who have been around, it would be crazy. And there'd be like amazing grudge matches, like oh, it's the Iranians versus the Israelis. No one's gonna come out of this alive. Kicking off it, now. It would be awesome. Yeah, and the people reason- want to watch that. The, the reason I mentioned Liam Neeson, by the way, because I wanted to segue into another topic. Not yes. that that wasn't awesome, but I do have another awesome thing to tell you, and I was trying to think of a way to seg into it. Okay. Um, I was watching Taken on, yeah. uh, I think it was on TV on Saturday evening, maybe. Yeah. Um, no, actually, it was on during the week. Last week, I was watching Taken. It's a good film. And I was watching it on film four, and during the ad break, now, do you know there's a current Nat West advert, which is basically about a girl who goes backpacking and her money gets stolen, and it starts off with a voiceover and goes, you know, we know you can't watch your daughter wherever she goes. They put that during on Taken. in the middle of Taken. That is, that's amazing. That's good use of, of marketing yeah. right there. So, so Guy... Like guy who who does the the film for adverts, who weirdly enough it turns out is a guy my brother kind of knows. Really? Yeah, I want uh, anyone who knows that guy. Can you please give him a high five? And the guy who schedules the adverts during film four movies, you are my awesome dude of the week for doing that. Buy it. Buy him a beer on errand of mercy. Yeah, like charge it to us. Yeah, my uh, my awesome guy of the week. Um, yeah. which I think we should we should create as a feature. So that's happening right now. Uh, so, my awesome guy of the week is a um, a gentleman. I'm not going to say his name because I haven't actually asked him if I could talk about him on my podcast, who this week announced that he's decided he wants to make an Iron Man suit in three months. Well, like an actual and, uh, Iron Yeah. Motors, lights, everything. And... Do you think he has the capacity to do this? Well, he's already made the helmet, so I guess so, yeah. Right, okay, I want you to make sure we're updated on this yeah. on a regular I'm gonna basis. Keep you, yeah, I'm going to keep you updated on this. This week, he announced on his Facebook page that he's going to do it, and I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really convinced that he's actually going to do it, but he's started making parts of it, so I've told him that... If he does finish it in time for this convention I'm going to, I'm going to get him Tony Stark drunk on the night he's wearing it. What, so so drunk he has, like, a liver failure and relies on really expensive electronics to yeah. stay alive? He's cool. going to need an arc reactor by the time I'm finished buying him tequila shots, is what I'm saying. So he's my awesome dude of the week, a guy who's just building an Iron Man suit, because that's what people can do now. It's awesome. <laughs> it's not going to fly, I don't think, but it's going to look pretty cool. I want to move from awesome guys of a week to stuff from no one's allowed to do the following things. Okay. I've got two things that no one's allowed to do. One, no one is now allowed to send toys into space. Send toys like, into space. Every week in the Metro, there is a story about like, oh, these school kids send a Lego man into space. Or like, oh, NASA sent a rubber chicken into space. Or, oh, this company says a publicity stunt sent a like, action man into space. No. No one is allowed to do that anymore. No we'll one is allowed to that. tie a toy to a weather balloon and send it into space or like put it in a rocket and that's done. It's that's been done. done. 
No one do it anymore. Why are we not allowed to do that anymore? What because, if it's a cool idea? No, because it's already been done every week for like the last year and I'm sick of it. You're sick of toys in space. I'm sick of toys in space. That's not a thing you can do anymore. Okay. Also, can people stop posting screenshots of like fake iPhone conversations on Facebook? Oh, look at this wacky misspelling that led to this kind of awkward situation in an iPhone conversation. No, that didn't happen. Someone made it in Photoshop and it's not even funny. Fuck you. The, Unless the, you're George Takei, he's allowed to do it. Yeah, but George Takei can do it. Because he's the world's granddad now. Yeah, so George can, Takei has suddenly decided that he wants to be A, internet famous, and B, be the only old man who's really good at internet. And yeah. he's George winning. The, yeah, George Takei's allowed to do like basically whatever he wants. He can yeah. drink at Starbucks. If he sent a toy in space, I'd probably be okay with it. Because he hasn't got the memo on anything and it's kind of adorable. Yeah. Um, like he posts stuff that I saw like five years ago. It's like, check out this crazy thing. It's like, ah, oh, Takei. Oh, you... George. Yeah. Oh, so he's allowed my. to do it. He, he's, not, he's not on watch, but yeah. toys in space. Fake iPhone conversations, you are on watch. Although there is one quite funny one um, which appears to have been had between Thor and Bruce Banner. No, no, it didn't happen. Someone oh, no, made it. it. And of it's course not it didn't funny. happen. It's between Thor and the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, and it didn't happen, so fuck off. <laughs> wow, you're really angry about this, I'm aren't really, you? really, like, legitimately, I see, like, kind of like, oh, look at this crazy thing, like, sort of on my Twitter and on my Facebook and just, like, all over the place, just all the time, no. Yeah, nobody's that witty. We're on to you. Um, yeah. Talking of things that make G angry, shall we do uh, shit music for terrible people? All right. You know, or terrible music for shit people. So I try and keep it current with um, with shit music for terrible people. This, Which is uh, good because I don't listen to pop yeah. music. So you're my like eyes into the world. Yeah. Ears into the world. Ears into the Sensory world. Sensory perception of the world. <laughs> this week's um, terrible music for shit people has everything. It's got horribly cliched lyrics, um, a terrible video that looks like it's been drawn and animated by a 16-year-old with emotional issues, and a token black guy rapping on it. Awesome. Yep. What is it, Simon? It is Payphone by Maroon 5. Actually, even saying Maroon 5 makes me kind of like, it sends a shiver of disgust up my spine. You really don't like Maroon 5, do you? Who fucking does? Now, to be honest, I have to be honest with you, I was on holiday in America last year, and they played moves like Jagger everywhere. And if you're in the sun in Florida, it kind of works. I have to admit, I did actually quite enjoy it. When I was back in England, however, the um, grey and overcast weather only served to throw into horrific juxtaposition the upbeat nature of the stupid song. So I stopped enjoying it. Um, This song, however, I think is shit wherever you are in the world. It features as token rapping man, Wiz Khalifa. The, the world's token rapping man. Yep, yeah. yep. He's, uh, it's he's like, oh, hey, guys, we need some guy to rap on this yeah. song. Let's, Let's get, get Wiz, Wiz Khalifa. Khalifa. He, will, he will do literally anything for money. Let's get Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> will he do anything for money? 
Do you yeah. reckon if we gave Wiz Khalifa two thousand? No, sorry, two hundred million dollars, he would eat a plate of his own shit. I reckon if we gave Wiz Khalifa two dollars, we could get him to break the world record for most sheep heads eaten. As and long as he was allowed to, it. as long as he was allowed to do a rap, uh, like a, a thirty-second rap part yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah, the Maroon Five song "Payphone" is about being a payphone trying to call home and all of the change was spent on you which obviously we have to assume is about a woman um yeah, so that, that, yeah. i mean it's like i i simon sent me the song and i couldn't actually listen to the lyrics because mr maroon five i'm assuming the, the lead singer is called maroon five yeah his voice is so annoying yeah. i couldn't deal with it the thing that kind of confuses me about is it reads like some of the poetry I wrote when I was 16. And that was bad poetry because I was me and I was yeah. 16. That's how bad these lyrics are. Um, I'm going to give you a, a taste of a couple of them. I know it's hard to remember the people we used to be. It's even harder to picture that you're not here next to me. You say it's too late to make it. But is it too late to try? And in our time that you wasted, all of our bridges burned down. That doesn't even rhyme. Well, it doesn't have to rhyme, does it? It's terrible music for shit, people. <laughs> you rhyme um, try with down. Yeah. Already we're on a rocky road. We've talked about burning bridges, losing girlfriends. We go on to uh, the next area. I'm going to call them areas of the song. I don't really the areas, of, the regions of regions. the song. Yeah. The, next, the next region of the song. I've wasted my nights. You've turned out the lights. Now I'm paralyzed. Still stuck in that time when we called it love. But even the sun sets in paradise. Oh, Fuck off! It's like, even even the sun sets in paradise, man. But sun sets are really nice. Basically, if you're in paradise where it's really sunny, the sun can either make you feel really uncomfortable and warm, or set where the temperature is pretty much perfect and it's really yeah. pretty. Yeah. So, um, we're in paradise. The day was perfect. The sunset, that was perfect because we're in paradise. Yeah. And now it's the best night ever yeah. because we're in paradise. Paradise, yeah. It's not but, a relationship. Awesome. I'm glad yeah. I don't have to write a shit song yeah. about it. Maroon 5, that metaphor doesn't even make any sense. And then we go back to what I believe people may refer to as the vocal hook of the song. I'm at a payphone trying to call home. All of my change I spent on you. Where have the times gone? Baby, it's all wrong. Where are the plans we made for two? Simon, it's 2012. Who who uses a payphone? I'd, oh, yeah, when that's was a good the last point. time you saw anyone who wasn't drunk and passed out in a payphone? Yeah, but like payphones exist for two things now. They exist as a creepy way to have a kidnapper talk to a main character in a movie or flies about prostitutes those are the two reasons they exist i don't think even the second one had because now they just posted on the internet i think the only reason that payphones exist is for drunk guys to pass out in them that's that's the only reason that's they it. haven't all been it. torn up yeah because yeah. like they know that oh well if we talk them up they'd just be passing out in the streets may as well put them in like a tiny little glass room just all of them 
Yeah, still for drunk people. Yeah. So yeah, what a shit song. Uh, we, we're not. Is there, we're is not, there more? Oh, we're, oh we're, we're, we're not even near the end of the journey yet, sir. If Happy Ever After did exist, I would still be holding you like this. All those fairy tales are full of shit. One more stupid love song, I'll be sick. This is a stupid love song. That, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. How oh, wait, you... no, no, he is being sick because he's vomiting all these shitty lyrics into my ear. That's <laughs> like, what... How can you write this song, look at it and go, that seems like an, a, uh, an original uh, outpouring of feelings? I think I'll, uh, I'll throw in a lyric about how I hate stupid love songs in there. Yeah, that'll work really round this incredibly groundbreaking and emotional song off in a satisfying way. I don't understand how you can, as a sane person, view this song as anything other than a stupid love song. Well, I guess we're just saying that Mr. Marine 5 isn't sane. Well, he must. He's looked on the darkness at the centre of the human soul and it's driven him insane. The rest of the lyrics are, thankfully, basically just repetitions of what I've read out before. Well, you say thankfully, but yeah. Yeah, well, that, it means that there's no more kind of stuff for me to read to you. But oh wait, there's Wiz Khalifa's token 30 second rap. Would you like to hear that, G? Please. That's one of my main aims in life is to hear Wiz Khalifa's terrible rap read out by yourself. Um, I'm not sure how this is going to go. We might have Wiz Khalifa after us as well. But, you know, man, work that shit. I'll be out spending all this money while you sitting round, wondering why it wasn't you who came up from nothing, made it from the bottom. Now when you see me, I'm stunning, and all of these cars start with the push of a button, telling me the chances I blew up or whatever you call it. Switch the number to my phone so you could never call it. Now need my name be on my show. You call me telling I'm balling. Swish, what a shame. Could not get picked. Had a really good game, but you missed your last shot. So you talk about who you see at the top or what you could have saw, but sad to say it's over for you. Phantom pulled up a valet open doors. Whiz, like, go away. Go what you looking for. Now ask me what they want so you can go and take that little piece of shit with you. Okay. They're powerful words, G. Emotional Emotional words. Not Literally the... have no idea what he's talking about. He said a lot of words there, but none of them appear to link together in any way. <laughs> no, I mean, none of them seem to link to the central theme of the song or to each other. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that his game is pretty out of whack. It's pretty wiggity whack, Wiz. Wiz, why are you so wiggity whack? I'm reading uh-huh. them again now as not a continuous stream of consciousness and they don't really make much sense like on their own either. I guess it's a fuck you to the hoe I left in the hood kind of thing. I'm massive now and all of my cards start with the push of a button. But, but yeah, apparently if you're the same person who's singing the rest of the song, yeah, I'm assuming they're playing the same character. But you don't have any money to use a fucking payphone? Yeah. Because he spent all the change you, on what, one, you. You don't, you don't apparently have a mobile phone. And two, you don't have enough change for a pay phone. It's, it's pretty complex. There's a lot going on. Well, thank you for that, Simon. So, yeah, that's this week's shit music for terrible people. 
this week's errand of mercy. I feel. Yes, I'd like to close with a smattering of uh, comments from the the Maroon Five Vo, just so we um, we know where you know the world where the world stands, stands yeah. on this. So it's got twenty one million. Well, over 21 million views, 21,012,676 on the date of recording. So, so like, a, a couple more than our first couple of shows. Yeah, like, which I yeah, think is a, a travesty. More. And the top-rated comment is by Lulzen, and Lulzen would like everybody to uh, like this if they want Maroon 5 to keep making songs like this. That's got 68 thumbs up. To be fair, out of 21 million views, that's not great. <laughs> that's that's the highest rated comment, G. It's the top comment. That's what the internet has chosen as their voice on this song. So 68 people want to want Maroon 5 to carry yeah. on making music. <laughs> yeah, they do. 21 million people have listened and 68 of those want them to make another song. Yep. That's good. I can appreciate that. That puts me in a good mood for this evening. Yeah. So and leave on a high if you've enjoyed this podcast if you found it on itunes uh, i've heard you can write a review if you enjoyed the sounds that our faces made make some words with your hands on the computer that's um, how technology works also um you could check out our facebook page which is www.facebook.com forward slash errand of mercy i'm gonna check that's correct I'm yep. pretty sure I read out the right URL there, yeah? Yeah. That's the right URL. So it's www.facebook.com forward slash Erin of Mercy. That's all one word. Yeah. And you'll like our show, comment on it. Tell us if there's stuff you don't like so we can, like, sort stuff out. We were trying beginning the show to sort out some of the sound issues. Still that's, working on that. And that's going to be a, a rolling A work thing. in process, yep. I think. But yeah, thanks for everyone who's liked the show so far. Yep, we've thanks. already got more likes than the Star Trek episode of the same name. Did awesome. You know I yeah. did not know that. That's that's really awesome. We've um, overtaken the Star Trek episode of the same name. In a Highlander fashion, the only other Facebook group that we have to beat is Errand of Mercy, the band. I didn't realise there's a band with the same name of this podcast. They have in excess of 900 likes. So that's... That's the next we target. We can take them. I reckon we can take them. Gee, so right, now, now we've got After Us, Scientology, Starbucks, Wiz Khalifa, and the band Errand of Mercy. Yeah. It's a good band name, though, isn't it? It is a good band name. Better podcast name, though. Better podcast name, which so, I believe this is. So this is episode two of Errand of Mercy. Come back next week for more fun sounds. Keep it post gay. Keep it post gay. That is that actually our thing now? Is that how we're signing <laughs> things up? Until until I come up with a better sign off, that's our sign off. Okay. Good night world. Good night world. That's better. I like that. Say classy San Diego. <laughs>
I don't know if anyone witnessed the little mishap there. Gabriel lost his light to the stage. Oh, he's found another one? Okay.